1: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene, this is Rachel Fisher Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. Oh, Hey Desi, how are you?
0: I'm a wonderful person
1: <laughs> Sorry um, you, you are a wonderful person Uh huh. So, um, today we are going to be talking about the two Corys Feldman and Haim Feldman and Haim Hey, wait, is he related to the Haim sisters? I'm sorry No, he's not, actually Uh-oh. So uh, if you don't know, Corey, Held- Heldman. Corey Feldman and Whatever. Corey Haim were two of the biggest stars in the mid-80s. They were teen heartthrobs. They were on the cover of every Tiger Beat and Bop magazine. And they also had some problems with the law uh-huh. and some problems that are pretty um, devastating that are very topical for what's been going around In Hollywood Today, we will get into that. I also want to mention that yesterday I spent the entire day reading the entirety of Corey Feldman's memoir called Choreography.
0: I honestly, I'm on the fence about if this is so horrible it's good or just horrible. Because, I mean, well, I'll just say that we just watched a video of his and I don't feel like his name should be attached to choreography at all. (laughs) Like, how hard are you selling something that you would name like, it, you no one knows him for choreography. No, that's why I feel like. So the pun is like, yeah, you're if you were like Wade Robson or something,
1: maybe well, it would work. It would be like if I named my memoir Ra- Ra- Rachel Tensions" when I'm a white person. It's like just because oh, it kind of goes I, together. That took me a second. Well, I'm yeah. like just because it kind of like it's like kind of a play on words doesn't mean it has anything to do with my story.
0: But I could name my memoir "Desiaster." No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sure. look I don't I'm not a pun person I like
1: Desi ask you should ask some people on Twitter they're very good at puns yeah
0: they love puns yeah I don't
1: I. Yeah. Uh, but
0: yeah choreography is so horrible it's horrible and I, 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 like, I like that he was like oh my god I know exactly what I'm gonna call it but I will, I'm a great dancer
1: right but I will say that I absolutely loved his memoir personally right I loved his memoir I you thought, got past the title I got past the title I thought he did a really good job he spared no details I actually have been a fan of Corey Feldman's since i was a wee child um and i'm still you know i'm rooting for him he's someone that i'm rooting for even today even as ridiculous as he is i'm like kind I... of
0: rooting for him to stop <laughs> just because it's too sad for me yeah. he's like just go live a normal life it's done yeah he's not having a comeback i'm sorry to i be wish you harsh...
1: would I, you know what i might write I mean, his comeback maybe... movie who knows?
0: maybe he could like kind of like sylvester stallone well
1: that's what i'm saying maybe or mickey uh rourke
0: like in 20 years
1: i hope he does yeah that's what i'm saying but maybe he
0: needs to go away and stop being sad
1: he should go away for a while and and stop doing
0: choreography and singing
1: i want to see him win an oscar before i die i believe in Corey faldman as an actor (laughs) i do believe in Corey faldman he's a
0: good actor but i wonder if, if he is still
1: I don't know because it's a- sort of delusional. Well, we're going to go through his okay. life. He did not have an easy life. Uh, we're also going to talk a li- about Corey Haim, of course, which was his partner in crime and best friend. Let's just start from the beginning. Corey Feldman was born July sixth, nineteen seventy-one, in Los Angeles. He grew up in Chatsworth, which is in the Valley, with his little sister, or excuse me, his older sister Mindy, who was a mouseketeer in the nineteen seventies reboot of the Mickey Mouse Club. He started working as an actor at the age of three when he appeared in a McDonald's commercial. And this was a really successful McDonald's commercial. It was a holiday themed one and it ended up playing every single year for like the next eight years. So he was already like he was doing good in his He's first job. Some yeah. I mean, for a kid. It was really good. And he ended up doing over a hundred commercials in the seventies when he was a little child. Wow and he became a TV actor as well. His mom was absolutely a stage mom. She was a former cocktail waitress at the Playboy Bunny Club back in the 60s. She was uh, had really bad depression. Uh, she would sleep a lot all day. She would hold herself up in her room. She was also an alcoholic, and she was pretty abusive to Corey. And she, One of the things that she did a lot was fat shame him, Ugh. even though Corey Feldman he's not fat. It's not right to fat shame your kid if even if they are fat. It's never right to fat shame someone. But like, the fact that Corey wasn't even overweight right. or chubby is like, what are you doing to your kid? And no kid should be, unless they're like sick, yeah, and like obese, like like obese and sick.
0: But even like you said, you wouldn't do it even under those You wouldn't fat shame them. Yeah. You'd
1: put them on a healthier diet if they were actually had medical problems. But like they're under no, yeah, under no circumstance should you fat shame your child ever. Uh, but she would call him a little fatty or a pig. And Ugh. she would try and restrict his diet as young as like five years old, six years old. There was an incident where his little, I'm sorry, I keep saying little, his older sister Mindy was eating alphabets and he really wanted to have some and his mom said, no, you can't have any. They're fattening, which of all the kids' cereals... It already
0: sucks. I mean, you're already desperate for some sugar. It's Lucky Charms
1: without the marshmallows.
0: It's a bullshit cereal.
1: There was another incident that I read about in choreography that was really heartbreaking in which he had taken some cookies he got in trouble for stealing some cookies because he was hungry because sometimes like if he got in trouble, I'd be like, you don't get to eat for the rest of the day. So he stole some cookies. His mom found out. And this is an excerpt from the book. And this is what his mom said to him. Well, then turn around and look at me when I'm talking to you. Do you have any idea how lucky you are? Do you realize that most women would die to look like this after two kids? Look at these tits. I don't know what that has to do with the cookies.
0: No. It's more about her wanting her son to say, you have nice tits, mom. (laughs) Like,
1: like what? So they have a... The mom has problems. Clearly, the body
0: issues are hers.
1: Oh, Uh, absolutely.
0: And that is the sad thing, because you know that she probably was made to feel like she had to be super skinny, and her body was her whatever. But yeah, to do that to a child is beyond it's
1: beyond now his dad wasn't um as insane as his mom was in that way but he wasn't a very present figure in his life he was uh on the road all the time Mm. he was in a uh a cover band called scream and it's called scream. They were called scream, uh-huh. and I thought it was funny that Corey said that when his dad went on the road because they were really just going down to like Orange County to perform <laughs> at Knott's Berry Farm. He's on the road. He's got stuff to do. He's, he's got a in, gig. Uh,
0: He's in uh, Gardena <laughs> playing at the Chatterbox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Seriously. So his dad was also a party guy. He liked to smoke weed and drink. Right. And he he's wasn't. In a band. Yeah, and he wasn't as bad as his mom. He did spank him with a leather belt one time until it right. broke. And you know, we were talking about that's that was a lot more common in those days. Well, one
0: time, I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It might have happened. But it seems like that, he wasn't really around. He wasn't around enough, and he was really with his mom. That's like he time. seems
0: more typical, neglectful yeah. dad of seven in the seventies. Right. right, they're just gone.
1: He was gone. <laughs> in 1981, Corey starred in Disney's *The Fox and the Hound*, and his film career began. Now, if you haven't seen The Fox and the Hound, it's a really heartwarming/slash sad animated tale.
0: It's, I mean, people love animals of different types that are best friends. Oh my god! If there's one thing the internet has taught me, people want to see animal best friends that That are different species, a tapir and a monkey, yeah.
1: (laughs) And this was a fox and a hound, like the title says. It is
0: a cute movie. I would say it's definitely not a top-tier Disney movie. No, and it was right
1: before the dark era of Disney, which was the 1980s. So this was 81. It was before
0: the Disney princesses, like, saved the franchise. (laughs)
1: Of the 90s, yeah. Yeah, Um, right. The ones of the 90s. I don't even know
0: what came after the fox and the hound anyway.
1: It was a bunch of stuff that didn't do well and then it wasn't until 89 when Little Mermaid came out right. that Disney had their they, huge yeah. fucking comeback. And now it's like... Now it's whatever. It's, it's still It's balls going on. out. Balls out. It's balls deep. Oh, yeah. So, Corey voiced... Um, the Hound. He voiced The Hound. And he, this wasn't... I, I'm not going to say this was his breakout role because he was just his voice, but... Uh, his breakout role really to me was 1983's gremlins yes he was in that which is a movie i loved also as a kid and that movie was produced by steven spielberg who was blowing up at the time yeah he had done indiana jones like he was the director um and he also uh starred in 1985 the beloved film, I know it was beloved when I was a little child, was The Goonies. Yes. So, uh, fun fact, Corey Haim also auditioned for the same part that Feldman played, but Feldman got it. About a month before Corey Feldman booked The Goonies, he tried to kill himself for the first time, and this was by eating a bottle of aspirin. Yes, eating. He actually chewed all of the individual aspirins.
0: That sounds so bitter. Like, how do you... And chalky. Yeah, that's horrible.
1: Yeah, so he was 13 years old. He did get really ill, but he... Survived, Survived, obviously. obviously. But he was not... Ha- you know, he had a really tough home life with his mom, um, and he didn't... You know, he had a weird life, and so uh, he was depressed. But when he got the Goonies, he remembers feeling that... He felt like things were going to be okay after that. He was going to be going away on location in Oregon to be shooting it. He was going to be away from his mother. He was going to be hanging out with kids his age. And it's interesting that that was sort of his sense of normalcy. Yes. As opposed to him being Being at home with his mom and his sister back in L.A. And Feldman was stoked to get this job. He really wanted the part, and he was also a really big fan of the director, who was Richard Donner, and Richard Donner had done Superman with Christopher Reeves. And while filming The Goonies, this is where Corey met his idol, Michael Jackson. Michael uh, came to set to hang out with Corey and the kids in the film, and Steven Spielberg had been you know, hounded by Corey when Corey found out that he knew michael jackson like oh my god please invite him to set please invite yeah. him to set i need to meet him i need to meet him and when he finally did it was like the greatest day of his fucking life yeah and um Corey gave michael his phone number and michael actually called him that night
0: that's so weird
1: he moves fast yeah
0: he has no chill
1: he has no chill so michael called him that night and they talked on the phone for two and a half hours <sighs> I can't even, I would love to hear this conversation.
0: <laughs> would you? I mean, I would just I would be, die. I would love to hear it. What did they got talk about? It?
1: Thinking about it. Right.
0: I mean, what in the hell did, a f- how old is he, 13 and Michael Corey's Jackson? Corey's
1: 13 and Michael Jackson's in his late 20s? Yeah.
0: I mean, that conversation or must have been mid-20s? bananas. Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's really crazy. But Corey did say that talking to Michael Jackson was like talking to any other kid.
0: Well, I believe that.
1: Which is a whole other story. And we will get to that next month. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So, Corey um, ended up becoming friends with Michael, and they would chat on the phone, and they built this little friendship with each other. This is a really sad story that I wanted to tell, because I feel like it really just, um, it's such a perfect example of the kind of person that his mom was and the relationship she had Mm -hmm. to Corey Feldman. Uh, when they were on set of the Goonies, when Corey and everyone was filming the Goonies, they're about to wrap up. They're getting to the end of of uh, the, the pho- principal photography of the film, um, or um, the whole thing's about to wrap. The whole production filming's about to wrap, and um, Richard Donner is like, he's over it. He's done working with kids yeah. is hard. Yeah, it's a really um, I mean, filming a movie is already grueling, but with that many
0: kids, even the best kids, it's going to be irritating. It's hard.
1: They're children, and this is a really big production. Huge. This movie. And so he's done. He just wants to go take a break and relax. He doesn't want to be around these kids anymore. It kind of become the joke around set that, oh, can't wait to get away from these goddamn kids. Um, Even though he loved them and he was perfectly fine. Yeah, he needed a break. He needed a break. So a memo started being sent around the set that... Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we all, all the cast members showed up at Richard Donner's vacation house in Maui when he gets there <laughs> after we're done filming. It's brutal prank. <laughs> it is such a, it is such a prank, uh, a brutal prank. So everyone without Richard knowing, uh, gets two tickets, one for themselves and one for a guest to go to Maui and surprise Richard Donner when they get to his house and it's going to be, ah, you can't yeah. get away from us. Very funny. And Corey's really excited because yeah. who doesn't want to prank their director? Unfortunately, Corey was supposed to go with his mom, and his mom was really fucking late getting them to the airport, like an hour like like an hour than they later than they should have been. Like, I mean, it was like he was stressed on the way to the airport with his mom, like, mom, like come yeah. on, like you didn't have to go. You didn't like He's oh like my, oh these tits are going to Hawaii <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> right she, she's she's I, I know the I know that type of woman where they're like this is uh, this is my thing like yeah I'm going gonna, yeah
1: it wasn't about Corey no it it's about, about her, her
0: having some glamorous vacation maybe hooking up with some like rich men
1: right I mean and so it was just very selfish like he was late uh she didn't care that he was late and Corey talked about in his book that he was literally pressing his face to the glass at Inside the airport, watching his flight take off.
0: Yeah, I mean that's depressing. Yeah, it was really because she didn't give a fuck about the prank. She just wants to go to Maui,
1: right? Because they still Corey did still end up getting to go to Maui. They got they put them on another flight, but he missed the whole point of the trip, which was this elaborate prank to prank Richard Donner. And Corey said that that was really the moment that he never forgave his mom. He decided he was like. She doesn't care about yes, me. Like that's how I feel is, too. I
0: have these moments that are very small, but they're like significant. Yeah. yeah. And
1: that was that moment to him is like, she broke, she broke my heart in this yes. instant. Um, Corey was cast then in 1986's stand by me, which is one of my top 10 all time favorite films. It's a Rob Reiner film. And Corey said that when he auditioned, uh, part of the reason that he got the part was because Rob Reiner could really see the pain in his eyes. And for anyone who hasn't seen Stand By Me, the part that Corey Feldman plays in the movie is Teddy Duchamp. And Teddy is the child of an alcoholic, abusive father. So there is some parallels there to that relationship and Corey had a lot to draw on and, and he wasn't even really conscious of what he was drawing on. Yes. He sort of recalled, it just was there. yeah It was there within him. And the, the, the movie stars also River Phoenix, who mm-hmm. is
0: the hottest child star ever,
1: the hottest person to ever exist in the universe. It <laughs> uh, stars Will Wheaton, who's very popular on Twitter for nerds for <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry O'Connell who's great yeah Jerry O'Connell he's fine yeah he's he got hotter Jerry O'Connell got hot yeah yeah
0: um no I really like that movie I actually just was thinking like I did love that pie eating scene so much when I first saw that movie oh
1: I use that gif all the time
0: it is so that scene was unbelievable to me when I saw it as a kid because it's such a you can't believe they're watching it yeah yeah It's it's crazy so
1: funny and it's such a Stephen King moment too yeah like it's a good movie i mean i haven't seen it forever
0: but i loved that movie when i saw it
1: i mean that's the type that is the movie that does make me ugly projectile cry when i see it yeah it's just so I, i should see it again it's great i love it um so Corey said that filming stand by me in the summer of 1985 really marked the end of his innocence which is sort of what the film right is about um it was the first time that he got drunk. It was the first time that he smoked pot and River lost his virginity during that time while they were filming. I don't know with who, maybe some uh, townie. I'm like jealous. I know, I heard that too. I was like, don't tell me. I don't want to know who. I don't want to know who my childhood crush was having sex. Um, and one night after filming, River and Corey went into town and they got drunk with some local teens and that was sort of, also Corey's moment as an alcoholic this is his first time ever getting drunk and it's if you are an alcoholic every alcoholic has that moment that they realize that oh this is the solution for right. me this is what's gonna this make is how this I is mean. what's gonna fix me yeah and that was his moment months after shooting stand by me Corey found a vial of coke in his mom's room and he tried it and he liked it but he was more into weed at that time, and drinking. And at this time, around this same time, Corey met a man named Marty Weiss, and he was a man who worked at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Marty was in his 20s at the time, and he asked Corey if they wanted to to get together and hang out. And Corey said he couldn't hang out or go out anywhere because his mom didn't really let him out. He was sheltered. He really just went to school or work. And Marty says to Corey, well, maybe we can have a secret friendship, which I know many kids probably don't listen to our show. But if an adult, (laughs) if you're a child and an adult ever wants to have a quote unquote secret friendship with you, run as fast as you can. I mean, what? (laughs) Yeah. So Corey did want to be friends with this guy and they'd hang out and they'd go to the arcade or the mall together and Marty also introduced Corey to his friend Jason Pressman and the three of these guys were hanging out together. Corey and these men and these two men in their 20s were hanging out. And Corey was 14 at the time. That's normal. Yeah, <laughs> that's normal. When Corey Feldman booked the role of Edgar Frog in The Lost Boys, he found out that he would be starring alongside fellow child actor Corey Haim. Now Corey knew Corey Feldman knew about Haim just from around hearing about him going on auditions and he'd heard about this guy he would never met him before right. but they were on the radar because they were like both corey's <laughs> they were both Corys. they're both the same age they're both child actors and right. corey Haim, um Cory excuse me corey feldman hated Haim at first just like he had a resentment against him he's like oh i don't like that guy there's only one corey in this town and it's me yeah and he also dated this there girl i like
0: <laughs> this town for two corey's <laughs> But, But. narrator voice, there was. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's such a hack joke, but I did it anyway. It really works. And I cracked myself up.
1: (laughs) It really works for this. Secret shame. So before the uh, filming of The Lost Boys began, Corey Haim reached out to Corey Feldman and was like, hey, let's meet up, let's hang out. And Corey Feldman was like, that's really nice of him to reach out to me. Maybe he's not so bad. And when they met up, they hit it off right away. They were like instant best buds. And I thought this quote was really funny, from choreography. Corey's talking about how they're realizing that they're going to be best friends. I mean, this is straight out of the movie Step Brothers, right? Sort of that, yeah. like. I mean, it's so like schmaltzy, but it's cute. So Corey goes, "Wait a minute! Your name is Corey. My name is Corey. Sorry, You're so- Jewish, and I'm Jewish."
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying?
1: And your favorite number is 22 and mine's 222. 2 14-year-olds, these coincidences, this cosmic connection. Well, it all seemed very deep.
0: It's also like a really desperate girl who's trying to make <laughs> some relationships seem
1: more important. Oh, my astrologer said. Yeah. Wait,
0: you were born? <laughs> just like the whole... I mean, coincidences yeah. just make me sad anyway. They've, but they need to be a little more significant than you're an actor and I'm an actor. It's like, no shit. <laughs>
1: That's why you're you're hanging out. Exactly. That's exactly why you. Well, at met least up.
0: three of those coincidences are already known. Like, right? Come on.
1: Your name's Corey.
0: I mean, Corey is a pretty popular name too at that period. In the eighties, yeah, I feel like on. there was a lot Corey. I knew everywhere. at least ten
1: Corey. <laughs> <laughs> right. And in the nineties, I knew a bunch of Jasons. Yeah. I mean, come on, come on. You're Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, come on. So. Corey Haim was born December 23, 1971, in Toronto. Haim would start his acting career a little bit later than Feldman. As a kid, he initially enrolled in drama classes to help overcome his shyness. As a youth, he was really into ice hockey, which is very Canadian. And when he was 10, he made his television debut on a Canadian TV series for kids called The Edison Twins. In 1984, he made his film debut starring alongside Sarah Jessica Parker and Robert Downey Jr. in First Born. Corey Haim then landed the title role in the 1986 film Lucas. And during filming, an adult male on set who was part of the production told Haim that it was perfectly normal for kids and adults to have sexual relations. During lunch break one day, the adult took Corey Haim behind some of the trailers in an area where no one could see, and he sodomized him. (sighs) Corey Haim at the time had no idea that he had just been raped. Haim after all had been told that this was all in very normal part of the entertainment business. And though Feldman had never been sexually abused before physically at that point, he did later reveal in 1993 when he was questioned about Michael Jackson that Michael actually once showed him a picture, a uh, picture books of disease genitalia mm-hmm. when he was 14. And um, so that was at that time, when Corey Haim had gotten abused and he told Feldman about it, right? Corey Haim was thinking, you know, that didn't happen to him. So he knew, he was like, that's not normal. Yeah. And he told Corey Haim, he said, what happened to you is not normal. It's not part of the industry. Part of the yeah. industry. And Corey well. Haim was like, well, now we <laughs> yeah. know. yeah. <laughs> that's not the case but Corey Haim was like really like everyone i've been told that that's just mm-hmm. normal oh, which is so, so tragic and heartbreaking uh one day while they were filming the lost boys um after after filming that one day an extra approached Corey feldman feldman was exhausted from a long day of shooting and she offered him something back at her place to make him quote feel better it was coke they did coke all night together and Corey was up until the next day, well into the next day. He didn't sleep at all. And the only problem was that he had a five PM call time that day and he was going to do an all night shoot. So he was supposed to have been sleeping during the day. Right. So he could be so up he at could night. Be up and stay up all night. Right. Uh, Corey was obviously a mess on set by the time he got there. He could barely finish his scene, which was a big one for him. He had a really big speech and Joel Schumacher, who was the director was fucking pissed off. And Joel was like, get the fuck off my set. You're done. He fired him right there. Wow. Uh, But Joel called Corey the next day to rehire him. And since Corey's mom, who was on set as his guardian was not doing a good job because she was doing Coke too. And not watching after him and like hello your son just Can you party all they night they must have been like get this fucking <laughs> <laughs> like she was useless like yeah she was useless like oh her she had one job and she couldn't watch after her son yeah. while he's going gallivanting off doing cocaine all night and he's 15 yeah. years old and she's probably at like the bar oh yes yeah, <laughs> like totally partying. um so uh yeah you're done so they get this guy Marty Weiss to come to Santa Cruz to set, to look after Corey. If you, that name sounds familiar, it's because you've heard about him in the documentary that's called an open secret. It's on YouTube. It's about pedophiles in the industry. So this guy is not a good guy. Yeah. Um, and one night the two Corys and Marty Weiss were all hanging out together. Marty Weiss of course was in his twenties and the two Corys are both 15. Corey Haim had this thing where he would get super horny out of the blue and be like i need to satisfy my dick right like immediately and feldman was talking about how it was so annoying because he would be like once he was set on it he was like no i gotta get fucked i gotta get Ugh. blown i gotta fucking fuck like i needed i need to, I like need to get off. off i don't know why he didn't do that but um, so he needed to get fucked he needed to get fucked and obviously Corey Haim probably doesn't have a very healthy relationship
0: with, with his sex. penis?
1: Well, yeah, with his penis. Oh, or with right, se- with sex. Yeah, yeah with sex. Um, so they're all, these three of these guys are hanging out together, and he would not let it go. And um,
0: Oh, that sounds so irritating. Yeah, and
1: Feldman was getting really irritated with him. So he Is that
0: like a cocaine thing? No. Okay. No. Well, so that, I'm just wondering if there's like a drug. And cocaine wasn't
1: doing cocaine at that point. Right. I guess I was wondering if
0: there's a drug you take that gets you horny.
1: Feldman in besides the Besides poppers. Well, Feldman in the book was talk it's meth. That gets you horny. Oh, meth Yeah, gets you meth horny. gets yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. But Feldman was talking about how it was probably because he just had a really unhealthy relationship. Right. And he just didn't care. He wanted, needed to fuck anything. Yeah. He said that Corey Haim was always very over. Well, maybe sexual. it was like his
0: stress relief yeah. at that point.
1: Yeah. That's how he was coping with whatever. I mean, yeah, Andy was a 15-year-old, very hormonal right. boy. It's a combination of things. It was a lot of things. So... Um, Feldman as a joke goes well why don't you fuck Marty he's gay and Haim looks at Marty Weiss and he goes is that true and Marty Weiss is like no I'm not gay I mean I like boys and girls but I'm not gay Ugh. and Haim was just like well if you're gay can you just take care of me oh, God. and Haim and Marty Weiss then went into the adjoining room together and had sex and Feldman said he could hear everything and that he was disgusted and and upset with himself that he had even jokingly suggested that. Because yeah. of course Marty it's White child is rape. It's child rape. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know. And <clears throat> Feldman knew that it was wrong even though it was like, oh, well, Hame's willingly doing right. this. But he knew that it was wrong because he can't consent at 15 yes, years obviously, old. Yeah. This also happened another time with Hame and an even older man that was in the industry where Haim, quote unquote, willingly, yeah, needed to wanted to get off so and he had bag. relations with an older man, and Corey <laughs> knew him, Feldman knew him, and he felt, you know, incredibly guilty about all of this. And uh, but in 1987, by the time The Lost Boys came out, the two Corries were teen idols. They were, like I said before, on every cover of BOP and teen yeah. beat and, Tiger and that's when beat. they were really
0: the cory's like it was a thing it
1: was a thing it was cory mania <laughs> and <laughs> cory feldman starts hanging out at the comedy store and you know partying with comics like sam Kinison, who became his really good friend and taking quaaludes because it's the 80s and they still make them then he also met ron jeremy who introduced him to ginger lynn and Ginger Lynn, who was 24 at the time, blew Corey Feldman in a parking lot in her Porsche when he was 15.
0: That's so wrong. It's I like how there's like 880s things in that one sentence. I know, I know. <laughs> Sam
1: Kinison, Ron Jeremy, <laughs> Comedy Store, Ginger Lynn. Porsche. Porsche. <laughs> Which was the fancy rich asshole car right. du jour in 1987. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, so, Yeah. But he, you know, I, yeah, that's not good. She is way too old for him.
0: Oh, wait. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. One day, Corey Feldman was with his assistant, John Grissom, at Corey's apartment that he shared with his dad. The two had been out partying together, and Corey was pretty fucked up on pills when John began touching him. John then led Corey into his father's bedroom and Corey was frozen at this point, which is a very common response to molestation. Um, He just wanted to get it over with. He didn't, this was also his friend. He considered this guy, his friend. He didn't know really what was happening. And and Corey recalls trying to rationalize all of this to make sense of it. And he was recalling what Corey Haim had said, Like, oh, this is normal, it's part of the business, just get through it, it'll be over soon. Right. And that's what he had to do to get through that moment. And um, John had oral sex. He performed oral sex on Corey Feldman then. After a crazy two-day party bender, John molested Corey Feldman again and Corey just wanted to ignore that any of this was going down with his friend. He didn't want to not be friends with him. He felt really uncomfortable. But John continued to prey upon Corey for months. <laughs> All right, Desi, what do you know about Alfie's Soda Pop Shop? <laughs> I know
0: that it was like a exclusive club for underage kids. Yeah. Like a teen club. Teen club. A teen club for... Like celebrity kind of child stars and child star adjacents yeah Yeah, child
1: star adjacents and child stars so it was like and they served only soda there there was no booze and they had concerts there chased (laughs) it was chased um and you'd go there and you'd see ricky schroeder yeah and Alyssa milano right and those people and teeny others (laughs) (laughs) you would see teeny others i saw a picture of her with the feldman that's
0: amazing i like i literally haven't thought of a, i know i haven't heard that name <laughs> it is <in years. laughs>
1: well, i'm trying to make this episode the most 80s thing possible really
0: it's like you're hitting all the marks
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um the two coreys actually hosted the very first party at the club and the cl- club was run by a guy named alfie hoffman and he was the son of a major casting director named bobby hoffman so corey at this time needs To get away from his assistant who's molesting him. So he goes to stay over it. I love
0: that he has to get away from his assistant. Like that is insane to me that this person he is paying. Right. Is molesting him. I mean. I mean it's just so crazy. It just
1: goes to show like how crazy abuse is in that in from an outsider's perspective. You're like just fire him. Right. But he's a 15 year old kid. And he considers this guy a friend. He's also probably very
0: close to this person. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah,
1: He groomed I mean, it's him. Which is so
0: insane to it, me, though. It's yeah.
1: tragic. It's really tragic. Um, and Corey wanted to get away from him just for a couple nights. Like, I don't, I can't confront him yet, but I don't, you know. So he goes away um, to stay at Alfie's house. And he was over there with another teen actor named Harold Pruitt. And they were doing a bunch of blow together when Alfie came into the room and put on some porn and sat down next to Corey Feldman. Uh. That's just
0: exactly what happened in that episode of Different Strokes.
1: Right. And it is a classic predatorial move. Yeah. We're
0: just watching right. two people make love.
1: Right. That's normal. Yeah. It's great. It's to normal look
0: at- to a man and a woman making love is beautiful. Right. right. Woman and a woman. And man right. A man. Whatever. 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 So we don't judge.
1: We're not judged. We're um, not judged. But it's a very common tactic with predators. Right. Because it's sort of this little gateway yeah to yeah. ease it in it's part of the grooming process and though nothing physical happened that night the next night that he stayed there he did wake up to Alfie on top of him while he was passed out Ugh. so he ran back to his dad's house where his assistant of course was staying I mean oh god I mean this is like the tragedy of it there's all there's like it's nowhere like, for him to there go there was nowhere for this kid to go Corey did later discover that Bobby Hoffman was not Alfie's father, but in fact, his lover, and that the two of them had been grooming young boys together in the Uh, industry. Yeah. In 1987, Corey fired his dad as his manager and decided to become emancipated, which is where you legally become an adult. Right. Like financially, and you can write your your own own decisions. make your own decisions without your parents. Um, he had to pay off his dad some money, paid him off pretty much all that he had, which was about $40,000. I was reading this um, memoir, d- driving myself crazy, like he's been in all these huge hit films right. and he doesn't seem to have a lot of money. His parents have been essentially... His parents were blowing through it. They were blowing through all of his money in the 80s. Well, I feel like a lot of protections have come into place now. Yeah. To protect child stars. I mean, and there was the whole thing in the mid-90s with Macaulay Culkin, that whole case right. that happened where it became i mean so he was not but he didn't care he didn't care that he was going to be broke he just wanted to get away from his dad his dad wasn't protecting him he wanted to get his own place yeah so luckily he had two films on the horizon dream a little dream and license to drive and both of these films also starred Corey Haim. so that's so these
0: were like This is when they started monopolizing on the popularity Mm -hmm. of the two Corys. And these movies both stink.
1: Yeah, they're not great.
0: Yeah. It was like they were rushed into production to capitalize on this. uh, Totally. They're just throwaway
1: teens. They're throwaway teens. Yeah. Um, And uh, let's see. Both of them starred the two Corys. And by this time, Corey Feldman was doing a lot of coke. And Corey Haim also started getting into it as well. John Grissom still continued to find a way to molest Corey Feldman. So he just couldn't even get away from yeah. that. Um, but Feldman and Sam Kinison's friendship grew. So he was still partying with the comedy store guys such a, a lot. A weird friendship. Well, I mean, Corey was just hanging out with all these
0: older men. Yeah, Like he just, also it seems like he's going into like these other arenas, like music and comedy. Like,
1: yeah, he's like, did not just stick to the one thing. That yeah. he was really, really good at, which is acting, which he's a great actor. Yeah. Not so good musician. We're going <laughs> to get into that a little bit later. Um, Corey was also convinced by his assistant to try crack, and he did. Thanks, John. And uh, one day after a particularly crazy bender um, that the two Corys went on together... They woke up to all these messages, like 17 voicemails on their answering machines. Like, where are you guys? You're supposed to be on set. You're supposed to be on set. <laughs> they were Ugh. three hours late to set for license to drive because they were out partying and they almost got fired. Like they almost just shut the whole fucking production down. Right. And this was sort of their first real moment that the cracks were starting to show. Right. So in I mean, their behavior. they up yeah. publicly. Yeah. Uh, Haim broke his leg right before filming Dream a Little Dream, which came out after License to Drive. That came out, uh, Dream a Little Dream came out in 1989. That starred the two Coreys and Meredith Salinger. Congrats hey. on your marriage to Patton Oswald today. <laughs> um, at this time, Haim broke his leg right before filming, and he got onto, uh, hooked on prescription painkillers. That was where he fell in love with pills, was during that time. Corey was also filming... Um, the Burbs, uh, around the same time, which starred Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher, and Carrie Fisher pulls Corey Feldman aside and is like, "Look, right. we got to have the talk. You're a drug addict. Like, you're fu- what's going on?" Like, she sits him down to have the talk.
0: This, she's probably like one of the only people that would legit scare me. Like, being oh my mad, god, if she was mad at me, I would be like, "Okay,
1: sorry." Oh, you're right. I mean, like, and. She had just. She fucking knows it. Like she can't
0: bullshit her.
1: Carrie knew every fucking lie in the book because she invented every lie in the book. She knows it. I mean, any addict that's been sober for a while or gotten real recovery or is in that like knows. Yeah, just like myself, I know every fucking lie in the book. I invented all the lies. I know them all. I know all the excuses. I did all the excuses. So Corey really was convinced that he didn't have a problem because at that time, Haim had recently checked into rehab for like 30 days. Right. He really thought, oh, you know, my friends and I said we we're going to kind of like... All, we're stopping. We're stopping. Yeah. It's, that was just a phase. And he really believed that. But after breaking up with his girlfriend, Charlie Spradling, Corey Feldman decides to try heroin at the suggestion of his assistant, John Grissom. What a great guy. Really great guy. And he, Wait, how is Grissom spelled? g-r-i-s-s-o-m
0: okay every time you say it I think of John Grisham (laughs) I'm like wait
1: what we're not talking (laughs) about John Grisham it's Uh Grisham yeah and um Corey Feldman loves heroin and meanwhile Corey Haim got really into crack so Feldman decides that No, because Haim is like looking a lot worse than Feldman at this point. Feldman seems to be holding it together more. But Haim is really like circling the drain and and Feldman decides that he should invite Haim to come with him to this benefit concert he's doing in Idaho which is going to be at a high school for like a Mothers Against Drunk Driving thing. Oh, God. Which is such the classic <laughs> yeah. 80s teen star doing an anti-drinking, anti-drug thing when they're high. It's like,
0: I feel, I feel like something else did that recently where they were like famously something.
1: <laughs> but like fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's almost like you have to. Right, you have to. <laughs> so they get to Idaho and Corey Feldman thinks the trip Went great, but little did he know that Haim decided to spend the entire trip on a drunken bender. He actually went around to different high school kids asking them if they had any crack he t- <laughs> took the limo took the keys to the limo that they had rented i don't know a poor limo driver was probably like i just imagine him Ugh. on the street eating a hot dog looking seeing the limo whiz past this him and go, also hey. seems like
0: an assholey child star thing no or like totally. a rich kid like i stole the li- like the toy with that richard it's it like
1: the toy <laughs> i stole the limo it's like these asshole rich kids my god and that's what he did. He steals the limo he goes on this drunken joy ride throughout the town this little town in idaho and he picks up random people on the street Ugh. like can you even imagine that if- must be their happiest memory <laughs> <laughs> if you were in idaho in 1989 and you got picked up on the street by Corey hame write us in we want to hear about it <laughs> hollywood crime scene at gmail.com i mean i would love to hear this i would love to hear your. we want your stories i wouldn't
0: have gone because i was very anti-junk driving <laughs> and i would
1: have hopped in that limo so fucking quickly yeah she would be like i have the crack <laughs> Corey Haim pulls up in a limo and like the little cap on like, Hey baby, I'm (laughs) licensed to drive. Gross.
0: You're like, that line would have worked on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, it's Corey Haim. He was a babe. Uh, Okay. So then Corey Haim also trashes his hotel room. Of course. Cause he got to. And by the time the two boys returned to LA, their antics were all over the news and they were officially bad boys. They were Lindsay Lohan's. And
0: uh, 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 uh,
1: uh, uh. <laughs> oh, are you singing "Hanging Tough"? Or, no. no, the right stuff. What was that? No,
0: because they were bad boys for life.
1: Oh, <laughs> bad boys for life. I'm sorry. I'm in a sorry. very
0: 1989. Uh, sorry, I, right I, I I I jacked it up to 90s. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, so they're bad boys for life. Uh, in 1989, while on a press junket for "Dream a Little Dream." The two Corys uh, decided to throw a huge party at their penthouse suite that the studio had rented out for them. The studio was nice enough to be like, hey, on your last day here, well, you don't have to work. Just, you know, you guys did a great job. Have fun. Get a massage. Order room (laughs) service. Watch a movie. Breakfast in bed. Right. And they're like, okay. So they take the kindness out of the studio who's paying for this really nice suite at the Four Seasons and they just fucking run with it. They have this huge rock star party there. They invite everybody in town, I guess. And it's like hundreds of people just crammed into this suite they're ordering bottles of dom perignon they're ordering vodka they're ordering room service they're making a mess they're trashing the place like they got tons of noise complaints there were definitely people streaking in the hall there was one
0: can you imagine being at this fancy hotel and this shit is going
1: on like, like you're just there like yeah. you just want to relax you're at the four yeah, you're, seasons you're from
0: like missouri you're like we're in a
1: hollywood <laughs> <laughs> and um <coughs> They, you know, they're checking out, and the studio exec sees the bill, and he's pissed. This was a ten thousand dollar party. Damn, that's how much it cost.
0: Wait, didn't you you mentioned something before we before we recorded about the vodka and orange juice?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I so love this Corey, detail. <laughs> yeah, this detail is really good. So Corey uh, Feldman while he was partying during this hotel party he takes the ice bucket and he just fills it up with vodka and orange juice and was carrying this giant <laughs> ice bucket around the party just drinking out of it that's so dimension I, I thought just it was that cute. image yeah. like, there yeah, was also
0: a, i don't want to fucking do a million refills
1: <laughs> there was also something that some there was also another weird detail in his story that was like someone smeared butter all over the walls <laughs> All over the mirrors. That's like you have to have something like that in a crazy party. Oh, totally. Right? Where it's like not <laughs> offensive, but weird. Yeah,
0: there's something like super damaging about it, but right. it's like a mess. Someone's going <laughs> to clean up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone put jam on my bed sheets. <laughs> like I mean, it's just like, 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 like it has to be something stupid. Where you're like, I'm irritated, <laughs> even though I can just wash them. It's like why fuck you
1: there was always and that is such a thing i would have done when i was 17 right because you don't want
0: to do something super bad but you're kind of like fuck <laughs> let's do something stupid and, and it probably you- starts off from for some legit reason like i'm
1: hungry <laughs> one thing we always used to do like i would go um this is like such a marine county kid fucking story but like when i was in high school my best friend spencer his parents had um or his mom had this gorgeous fucking house in Napa, like their Napa house. And Look, if a kid that's named
0: Spencer, <laughs> they are fucking have money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they had a gorgeous house in Napa. It was really cool. And um, me and him and my other best friend, Christina, we would just drive up there on the weekends and fucking trash the place. I mean, we would always like clean it up really good in the morning, like super hungover. Um, but we would... But we would leave shit there always like someone would always leave their panties like on a lampshade and like the mom would be like, who's fucking underwear. (laughs) And the other thing that always happened is for some reason we thought it was really funny to every time we got there, we would hide a shot, one shot, a full shot of alcohol somewhere in the house and whoever found it at the end of the night. Was just like, oh, here's the uh, here's the shot we hit at the beginning of the night. It was the like night. the prize in the cracker jar, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and it would always be like in the microwave or something stupid right. like that. But and one would, of you hit it, right? Yeah, one <laughs> of us hit it, but you get so blackout drunk, you didn't know where you hit yeah. it. Yeah, and we'd never end up finding the shot someone the mom would find the shot like in the microwave or like in the medicine cabinet or something i mean it was but this is stupid and irritating that kind of stuff when you're a kid really stupid (laughs) (laughs) very stupid rachel i haven't thought about that in forever that was before things were things were a problem but they weren't that much of a problem yeah they were still fun (laughs) they were still fun with problems then (laughs) okay so um in 1989 cory feldman went to the oscars with drew barrymore who was his girlfriend at the time that's it. That's the end of that story. Interesting. I'll post a picture on Instagram this week. Um, after a few months of dating a girl that he met at a vegetarian restaurant in the Valley named Vanessa Marcell, Corey Feldman and her got really drunk in Vegas and they got married and he really meant it, but she thought it was like a funny joke, which I feel like is really sad. <laughs> Like, they got married, and he's like, oh, my God, this is the happiest day. I'm so glad we did this. And they're, like, on the plane back or something, and she's like, well, we're not really married. And he's like, baby, we got married. We signed the marriage license. Ugh. We really got married. And she's like, yeah, but we just met each other. We're not going to, like, live together or anything, right? Like, how dumb is this bitch? I don't know how people
0: accidentally get married.
1: Of, I mean I don't, I don't either. I have I don't never that been either.
0: that wasted where I would marry someone. Like. I
1: have been that wasted and I've still never done. It. Right. <laughs> I mean that's, that's what like, I don't understand I can- <laughs> on the very basis level i it would
0: seem very boring to me <laughs> like i'm like i'm not fucking standing around and doing this shit like i want to either lie down or eat some fucking food in a diner like I i'm not gonna go fucking get married like some people
1: just don't take marriage that seriously i, I don't like. take it that seriously either but i still don't want to do it like, i mean i don't take it seriously in like the traditional sense like you must not but it's weird that people who do take it seriously would do that though right like, clearly
0: she took it seriously but then she'd still
1: you know what i mean like right well that's what i'm saying i was like what do you mean it's too soon and like she wouldn't move in t- with him after they got married either because she's like we don't know each other well enough it's like you just fucking married this guy in Vegas right. like what do you mean right so whatever they had their relationship he was like madly in love with her he just wanted to he really did want to be married to this woman um, and Corey Feldman falls fast like, this is a pattern with him. He fell fast uh. for Drew Barrymore. He fell fast for the girl he was with before Drew Barrymore. He fell fast for this girl. Like, this is a pattern in his life. And I think this is not that abnormal for alcoholics. In my own experience, where you're at least in your addiction, and you're like, you just, it's hard to be single, or it's hard to, you want to, you, any sort of thing to make you feel better about yourself to fill that void like you're going to glom onto whether you're conscious of it or not. So I feel like that is kind of indicative of his alcoholism. Um, But he was trying to hide. She didn't know that he was addicted to heroin, and he's trying to hide his heroin. Um, And he actually um, was trying to also clean up his public image by agreeing to do a Disney TV movie, which was, of course, a step down for him after he had been doing all these huge, big productions oh, yeah. and critically yeah, acclaimed like films. films, yeah. Yeah, now he's doing this made-for-TV Disney movie for the wonderful world of Disney, and it's cheesy, and it's not that good, but he's taking it. Um, he just wants to work. He wants to work. Um, and in 1990, Corey Feldman went downtown to score some heroin, and he ends up getting arrested for drug possession. This is his first arrest. He is then urged to enter rehab before his court date to show that he's serious right. about cleaning up his life. And he decides to go to a really fancy rehab in Malibu where members of Jane's Addiction who were staying there taught him how to shoot up heroin.
0: Oh, lovely.
1: <laughs> and I felt like that's a very 1990 moment. Oh, yeah, Jane's Addiction. Jane's Addiction <clears throat> teaching Corey and two Feldman. Two Princes
0: was playing... <laughs> I don't, don't check my dates because I don't know. That's 92, Desi. <laughs> Cut you loser.
1: <laughs> I swear, it's like something wrong with me that, I, that I'm like such a savant about knowing dates. There's something serious. wrong with me. You're like the kid me. in
0: school where you're like, I'm fucking up all over, but I'm going to get my dates right in this oh, book that's report. That's story.
1: Like, I'm not that smart about a lot of stuff. I failed algebra, freshman algebra so many times. They were like, just don't even take it anymore. Like, I... But for some reason, that's like the one thing I have a a photographic memory of. Okay, so he uh, leaves rehab. He books a new film with his one of his co-stars from Dream a Little Dream, Meredith Salinger. He is a liability at this point, so he's made to submit drug tests if he's going to be allowed to do the film. But he decides that drinking and smoking weed were never a problem for me so i mean that's also the classic yeah i'll just do these i'll just do these things these are like kindergarten (laughs) right and i also just now that we're on that topic to everyone who's ever said to me um who doesn't know me like well can't you just smoke weed honey yeah no i can't just smoke weed (laughs) and we're gonna show you why we're gonna show you what happens when i just smoke weed uh is what happens to what happened to Corey? so um He went back on the crack and the heroin after just smoking weed and drinking. Because you're wasted. (laughs) Because you're high and you're like, this isn't really cutting it. Yeah. I'm just going to do what I like to do, which is crack or heroin or drinking. Or even if you don't even advance to those things, you're just being a fucking loser who's getting high all the time. Because you need to numb that. So he gets arrested again. Like, Buying heroin. Buying heroin.
0: And, the, and we feel like a lot of stars have gotten arrested downtown LA yeah. buying heroin. I remember yeah. that Brad Renfro
1: yeah. arrests. Um, And he has to go back to rehab for 30 days. <clears throat> so he checks back into this fancy Malibu place. And after 30 days, he checks into Cry Help, which is a facility in the valley. It's like a rehab slash sober living. And it's really hardcore. It's like... It's not fancy. It's very stripped down. They have a lot of rules there. And it's a good place to go if you're serious. Especially it's probably a really good place to go if you've been sort of given everything yeah. before and you've been living it. You know, it's very stripped down. Um I I you know whatever. I'm not going to go into my whole fucking opinion about that. I think <laughs> it's a I think those places are good i think if you're gonna go to a rehab you don't go to a fucking fancy place yeah i didn't go to i went to a fancy place got kicked out of there then i went to a really stripped down hardcore place and that was a good thing for me yeah that was a really good thing for me um he ends up getting kicked out of cry help because he's breaking the rules there and he wasn't getting high but his wife vanessa had been leaving her panties for him like outside of his window what the fuck and i like how all of a sudden she's into it right <laughs> i don't know if i want to live t- together here's my undies so they kick him out and they say they'll let him back in if he does 30 AA meetings in 30 days comes back with the little permission slips that you give right Whatever, and he does, but before he checks back into cry help, he decides, I'm gonna party just one last time. I mean, I kind
0: of get that like where I eat a lot before I start my time.
1: <laughs> it's the same principle. I'm like, I need to eat all the food in my house <laughs> cut to you four days later, yeah. like covered in crumbs, yeah. and it's the okay, same I'm going to start next Monday. <laughs> it's the same principle exactly it's the exact same fucking thing. Mind you guys, I just want to remind everyone, Corey feldman was 20 years old wow i mean like he's still young he's young he's a baby and then i'm like well i guess i was 20 when i got sober but yeah it's like that's how fast it can it can go for some certain people Corey uh managed to book a couple of b movies including meatballs four
0: i honestly feel like (laughs) i saw that movie (laughs) i was gonna oh my god i swear to god i think i saw this movie (laughs) i I honestly don't know why i have this memory of seeing it with him
1: in it every time it's the first day of summer i always sing the meatballs original one song the one's like are you ready for the summer (laughs) yeah that's a good one i always (laughs) sing that on the first day of summer (laughs) so um I think this Meatball's Four story is actually really funny and sad, but um, I mean the best thing. He booked a movie. He thought the movie he booked was called "Happy Campers," and it was called "Happy Campers." However, after they were done filming, they changed the title to <laughs> 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 They changed the
0: title to "Meatballs Four. They're like we need people to come see this movie. They, they're going to love the Meatballs franchise. <laughs>
1: the meatballs franchise was a hot franchise in you 1982 were... <laughs> or whenever it came out how so, sad uh, so um he was pissed he was like what i'm in a meatballs movie <laughs> like, that is just Corey swamp, fucking <laughs> there's nothing he can do about
0: it he had some standards he was gonna do happy campers
1: but, <laughs> but not meatballs four I
0: mean, come
1: on. So uh, at the time, he was taking his sobriety seriously. He did get sober up again. He was going to AA meetings. He ended up breaking up with his wife, um, Vanessa, after a three-year, very tumultuous relationship. <laughs> In the 90s, um, the Corries signed, signed on to a three-picture deal. They were going to revive the Corries. And they agreed to do three pictures together. One of them they made was a made-for-HBO 1993 film, which actually did really well. But I don't know. I don't think I ever saw it. What's it called? I don't remember. I didn't put oh, it down. I didn't see it either. <laughs> but by 1995, uh, Corey Feldman had relapsed on painkillers. Then he decides, well, I relapsed. I'll smoke weed again and drink. But then came, of course, the Coke and the heroin. Cory Feldman did get sober again and decided that he was going to focus on his music, his passion. Wait, that's what he did when he got sober? He wasn't being yeah. honest with himself. In 1998, he released an album with his band Truth Movement, and they went on tour together. Hmm. Doesn't, to, truth, to Brea? <laughs> doesn't Truth Movement just sound like an Alex Jones spin-off website? Yeah,
0: it's like a poor man's Alex Jones. Like,
1: <laughs> Truth Movement... Dot, uh,
0: dot biz, and they sell like supplemental vitamins. And, stuff. <laughs> and they talk about Pizzagate and buying gold. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you've so- got to get those uh,
1: meals that last, right? Right, try <laughs> to get meal. them. So uh, they went on tour together, and Corey talks about how, even though a lot of people didn't show up to his shows, he would see people in like Corey, like Goonie shirts, and be like, "Oh." <sighs> Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I, and sorry. Where do you even get Goonies shirts? Well, now you can probably get them at like Hot Topic or right. whatever. But um, So in 2001, Corey Feldman met his next wife, Susie Sprague, at a nightclub. Susie Sprague. Why is that funny? Susie Sprague.
0: I, why is that funny? No one knows, but it's fucking funny. Susie Sprague. It's like, what? you have your last name is Sprague <laughs> i mean come on now is the time on Sprague it's when we dance Sprague. Exactly. <laughs> i mean she's like the sidekick right she's like the one she comes in she's played by that week's snl star you know they're like we didn't know sprockets had a sister <laughs> she's in she's in avant-garde theater <laughs> I mean, what
1: the hell? Sorry, I just had Susie to. Susie recognized Corey Feldman at the bar and was like, <laughs> <laughs> "This is all so amazing." And was like, "Are you Corey Feldman?" And he was like, "I'm Susie Sprag."
0: <laughs> Your name is Susie Sprague. You're always saying Susie
1: Sprag, right? Okay, I'm sorry, I can't. And um he was like, "Yeah, I am Corey Feldman." They fucked the first night. That <gasps> What? And this is so Corey Feldman and made me really sad. But they spent the next two days together and he told her his whole fucking life story, everything in the first two days they met. And she was like, oh my God, he's so sensitive. <laughs> yes. There was like, I mean, Corey falls fast and he, Corey is an oversharer. Okay. To girls, apparently. I get it. I fucking get it. When you're damaged, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Like you need to know me. You need to know me. You need to know what kind of (laughs) shit you're getting into.
0: Like you need to know this because you can leave now. (laughs) This
1: is your chance to leave before you fall in love with me. (laughs) Right. But I feel like she, she'd be like, you're Corey Feldman. I know. Right. She's like, I've read Bob.
0: (laughs) 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 I know all about you. Your favorite food is hot (laughs) pocket. Right.
1: (laughs) Your favorite color is teal. (laughs) So Corey Feldman, this is crazy, this story. So Corey Feldman takes Susie to an event in New York City where his dear old friend, Michael Jackson, is performing. This is in 2001. (laughs) There was a big party before this event. And before um, they go to the party, they have a great time, whatever, yuck it up with all these celebrities. And before Michael's performance, Corey is trying to get backstage to go see his performance and they're like, wait here in this holding room for Michael. You know, he's like, it's me. It's Corey Feldman. Remember we talked two hours. The phone. <laughs> <laughs> and when MJ finally gets there, he's cold. To How Corey. old are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, um, Michael meets Corey backstage and Corey's like, why are you being so weird and like cold to me? We're f- friends for like a decade, you know, right. forever, r- over a decade. And um, Michael goes, Corey, I know you're going to write a book and I know you're going to write a book about me and say bad things about me. And i just need to tell you to not do that. And Corey's like, what are you talking about? I'm not writing a book about you. Like he had no idea what Michael Jackson was talking right. about. So it was clear that... Michael Jackson did not want him there. Suddenly Michael Jackson had just done like a bait and switch and decided like he did not want to have anything to do with Corey Feldman anymore. They weren't friends anymore. He didn't feel comfortable around him. He needed to protect himself for whatever reason. Right. And Corey and Susie left the event and they wandered around the city before their flight back to LA the next morning. The next morning was September 11th. Oh shit. Yeah. This is fucked. Um, So They're like, oh my God, like, (laughs) we can't even get on our flight, obviously, back to LA. How are we gonna get out of here? And somebody was like, well, you gotta call the Jacksons, because they're gonna be able to get out of here. So he calls the Jacksons. Corey does. He gets in touch with them, and they're like leaving on a bus to go to like the next airport, wherever in the next state, where they can get on a flight. But I don't know how. I guess maybe not because there was
0: no flights for like a week. Unless you're like the Saudi prince, right?
1: (laughs) There, you're right. There was no flights, so I, I wasn't really clear on that part. Maybe they were just traveling across country in a bus. Right. Um, they could have been, but. They get there, and uh, Jermaine or somebody is like, Corey. Maybe it was Tito. (laughs) We we don't know. Hey, Jermaine or somebody is like, Michael does not want you to come with us. You have to stay behind in New York. Your majesty, get my back. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Your majesty. So that sucked for Corey. In 2002, Corey was cast on, like at this point, he was only getting offered parts where he was going to play himself like that was it yeah. he wasn't and he was bummed about that so he gets cast in 2002 on the surreal life which was oh, a reality God. show that i hated I, I forgot about that show. i never watched it i thought it was irritating and i thought it was also really sad and exploitative and i just didn't want any part was of it. Was that like celeb ex-celebrities it was all like d-list at that point celebrities it was like bridget nielsen and flava flave and like Flavor Flav isn't D-list. Insane in 2002. <laughs> yeah, these I'm were kidding. not fucking stars. It was before Flavor of Love. It was <laughs> before Flavor of This is what launched, relaunched his career. Right. Was Surreal Life. But uh, yeah, I don't think I ever watched it either. I didn't like it. I thought it was dumb, and I thought it. And it Vern was Troyer me. was on oh it too. Oh my god! Yeah, he's a star of our bonus episode. We talk about him movie. in our bonus episode. Vern Troyer famously on the Surreal Life gets wasted after drinking, presumably like an ounce of alcohol and he's shit faced like riding around on like a hover round or something. Oh my God. Yeah. It's really, it's really sad. It is sad. It's just sad. It's like, so Corey reluctantly takes this job. He just needs the money. Um, and this this season that he was on, it might've been the first season. Actually, he starred alongside Vince Neil, MC hammer, Emmanuel Lewis, Gabrielle uh, Carteris of Beverly Hills 90210 fame. Um, Andrea. Andrea, who was always like 10 years older than everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Jerry Manthe of Survivor and someone named Brandy Roderick of Playboy fame. Okay. So that's the cast and yeah. Corey Feldman and Corey Feldman. Um, He's like the Meryl Streep of that group. He was the Meryl Streep of that group. He was like, I do not belong here. Like this yeah. is so humiliating. He was humiliated doing it. He they edited a really famous. There was like famously this edited clip that like went viral as much as you can go viral in two thousand two. It was in the tabloids, probably like it was just the joke where he was like, they made him say like, I'm an icon or something Ugh, like that. It was just painful, like, yeah, yeah, and then he got engaged so he gets engaged to Susie Sprague and she, you know he can't afford to give her the wedding that she, he thinks she deserves or the dress but the show is like well if you guys get married on the show we'll give you this huge fucking budget for we'll your have wedding Craftwork play. <laughs> we'll have craft work play. everyone You'll, has to
0: dress as robots in, in black turtle Susie sprog she walks down the aisle <laughs> sorry I just have Susie's Rog as my own little toy? <laughs> I just want her. <laughs> so. I need to see her. Yeah, we have to she's find a pretty. Okay. Yeah, she's I mean, I'm pretty. sure she is pretty.
1: Um, so they got married on the season on finale. The on the show. And he was embarrassed by it, but he was like, that's the only way. And yeah. they went on a nice honeymoon together and Bora Bora. So now <laughs> at this point, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, Really, at the at this point, like I said before, they're both of them. They're only getting jobs as themselves. Yeah. So they, and I think it was in 2003, uh, are cast in their own reality show together called The Two Corries, oh, and God. it's Life with the Two Corries now. And Corey Feldman in his book described it as semi-scripted. Yeah. So he said all of the fights because i watched a clip from the two coreys and it's them fighting in the kitchen and Corey Haim is calling Susie sprague a bitch and it was really fucking hilarious because it's so overdramatic like there's no way this is real yeah because they these guys love each other they're best friends and Corey Haim is just like your wife's a fucking bitch man and like Ugh. he's like you come say that to my face like i mean it's just like it's so cheesy wait they're all
0: living together
1: Corey? For the purpose of the show, so yeah, Corey Haim is living with a married couple. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not even their house they're filming in. They're filming right. in like it's a like rented in house, house in Calabasas the- yes, or something. Exactly. So um this show lasts for two seasons, and of course, the really? show. Yeah, but the show got canceled after the second season because Corey Haim's drug problem at that point was so bad. He was so fucked up. He couldn't. He, they were even supposed to star in a Lost Boys remake oh, together wow. or a reboot and they that got canceled because Corey shows up to set slurring and wasted and meanwhile the reality show is filming them doing yeah. this lost boys whatever like right so uh you know let's flash forward to what happened on march 10th 2010 which is that Corey Haim was found dead in the apartment that he shared with his mom Ugh. and of course that's
0: a sad sentence
1: in the valley yeah. um and <clears throat> of course everyone immediately jumped to the conclusion well this guy's a notorious drug addict so it, right. it had to have been an overdose and that's basically what it said on all the news channels that morning i remember that morning yeah I when the story broke um and everyone was calling on Corey, Hay- or Corey Feldman, make a statement, yeah, make a statement. statement. He didn't want to make, make a statement right away because he's like my best friend in the entire right. world. My brother just died. Like, give me a fucking minute. Yeah. Um, Finally, I'm the only Corey, but it's <laughs> bittersweet. <laughs> no, he was sad. He was so fucking... He was, he was like... I didn't realize that they were still friends at that point. Oh, my God. They yeah. were still like best friends, even That's the whole time they were best friends. So... Feldman was, you know, fucking heartbroken. He was destroyed. Um, And um, it turns out that he didn't die of a... Haim did not die of a drug overdose. He actually died of an enlarged heart and complications from pneumonia. So it was technically natural causes. But to say that drugs didn't lead up to all of that, I feel like... You know, well,
0: that's a kind of common yes. thing. People die of natural causes, but but it's related under to weekend. their end. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: related to their weakened immune system. They're related just to they've not taking beaten care down their
0: body. I mean,
1: yeah. So I mean, just a really tragic end to what could have been a really great life. Long, you know, right? But that's you know par for the course with drug addiction. Most people either die from it or burn out and become really tragic and live really tragic lives. It's like rarely can someone keep that up for that long. So um, where's Corey Feldman at today? Well, uh, today he's still pursuing his music. That's his number one passion. He's still releasing albums. Uh, Desi uh, and I actually watched one of his, we watched two of his music videos um, before we started recording Uh, The first one I showed her, it was actually a live performance from 1992 in which he was going to, he was set to perform on Howard Stern's show and he thought it was going to be more like an MTV thing, like a cool, like serious thing. He didn't realize it was like a joke show. So here's Corey Feldman performing his song, which he wants to be a hit called What's Up with the Youth. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) And he's dancing up a store. i mean he is dancing he is trying like, to be michael is jackson fucking, it, the song sounds like a michael jackson he's trying to prince. dance
0: meanwhile stuttering john and beetlejuice <laughs> like,
1: right There's. i mean it's so absurd
0: it's, we have to post it we're going it's to unbelievable post the video you really it's like to see it. To primo it. howard stern period too yeah. like i love that period of howard stern like the right. 90s
1: and Corey uh, feldman is just like dead sincere in right this video and
0: everyone in the video is a fucking it's like I mean, it's it's, it's... it's a mess. It's,
1: a it's fucking, the whack pack. It's, it's just the like, whack pack. It's a mess. And um, also, I showed another video that, ca- that is more recent that came out a few years ago called Duh. That's the name of this song. It's terrible. And it's pretty high
0: production, even though it's very shitty. Yeah. Like they spent money on they it. They spent money yeah. on
1: the video. Um,
0: there um, has, like, a whole I Love Lucy but it's yeah. I Love Corey. Yeah. It's terrible. It's really
1: bad. But Corey, you know, like I said, I read the whole fucking memoir yesterday. He seems very happy. He has a son. He's not with Susie Sprague anymore. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. He's not. He's, but he seems happy. Who's the
0: child with Susie? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. So Sprock, Sprocket. <laughs>
1: Sprocket. Um, no, his kid's name is Zen and no i wasn't gonna say anything his kid's name
0: is zen yeah come on it is
1: <laughs> no. such, here's the thing i have like such a soft spot for cory you Feldman. do i just have the biggest soft spot for him because like i know like he's so easy to make fun of because he's so out of control but i just feel like He's so cheesy. He's so sincere. <laughs> he's so sincere. And I really do think he's genuinely a good person, too. Like Aww. here's the thing about Cory Feldman. Like, he cares. He tried to talk, he's been talking about pedophiles in Hollywood for two decades. And right. has been a laughing stock.
0: Right. But then you name your son Zen. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you gotta.
1: Come on. I'm just saying, like, you know, and, and Corey Feldman's adamant that. You know, if it wasn't for the rampant pedophilia in Hollywood that Corey Haim might have been saved, right? Could have been, could have had a different, totally different fucking well, experience. Well, I mean,
0: yeah,
1: I that's mean, true for
0: almost anyone, for almost anyone yeah.
1: who's been molested. Like you have a totally different experience. It damages you for the rest of your life, but right. I it, it just <sighs> no, it's sad. I, it's really sad. And lately he's been on the talk See, show.
0: I've seen some more dickish things with him yeah that have turned me off to him like, like what w- w- didn't he have something where all these like i don't know if they're models or porn girls come to his house and
1: he had parties but he was kind of a dick i didn't think he was a dick i just thought he was dumb okay maybe he just ha- he has like his entourage of girls called the angels that's like his band i guess cory and to the me angels it's just dumb yeah it's not dickish. it's just dumb but it's kind of a dick
0: behavior like I uh, usually you associate yeah like it's sleazy yeah yeah I don't right. know so you're just coming from I where was also he's more innocent I was
1: also when I was 22 fun fact about Rachel Fisher I was in a web short with Corey Feldman
0: were you an angel
1: I was not <laughs> an angel <laughs> i play i actually played myself in it ironically oh we both played ourselves in it even though i'm not like a famous person at all but we both you did that before your career started i did that before i'll my career is never gonna start and i'm i'm only gonna be playing myself and everyone's like who's that bitch the fuck is that uh i was in a video with Corey feldman um she's on twitter if you want to look it up it's still on youtube i just watched it last night again it's called um if you just google or if you go on youtube and you look up nothing bad ever happens to nick is he nick no he plays himself oh oh you both play yourself yeah cory feldman oh. plays uh, this guru character but it's cory feldman as a guru and wait, what's your character i mean i know it's i'm Rachel the hot Finn. girl oh i'm the girl that is like the love interest oh yeah it's stupid it's whatever but i was very proud of that when of i was course. 22 i was like oh yeah now i've made it yeah this is the start (laughs) (laughs) um anyway uh that's that's the story that's a lot of good stuff yeah i hope you learned a lot i
0: did actually learn a few things yeah Um, mostly about that name zen
1: (laughs) um Um, i'd like to thank our patreon contributors we had a few new ones this week Unfortunately, I did not prepare my notes for that, so I'm going to get you guys back on our Uh, mini-episode. I will be giving shout-outs for our episode coming on Thursday. But uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. We also got to talk to um, one of our listeners too this week. We've talked to two of them so far, and it's really cool to hear from you guys. Um, If you haven't joined our Facebook group, please do. It's called Hollywood Crime Scene Friends just request to join i'll add you uh it's a great place where we can all chat uh post links to true crimes you're interested in stuff you want to see on the show uh questions comments um yeah yeah anything else okay yeah Yeah. Bye. bye